0: lady
1: ballers welcome back we're soccer props and it's game time lady ballers lady ballers in the
0: building you mixed it up guys
1: you gotta spice it up you know keep things i don't know spicy (laughs) spicy and fresh um how are you guys doing
2: we're good holding on to my last few threads of sanity I
1: feel ya, <laughs> but um, we
2: have something maze balls for you guys today because we got the chance to interview Jess McDonald from the U.S. Women's National Team.
1: Jess,
0: world champion, world champion. It's just like absolute baller.
1: I feel like this is one of the best conversations we've had. Like even the you know the little we we knew a decent amount about her, right? But there was just so much more that we didn't know. Like, her story is just so incredible and so inspiring. And I know that sounds cliche, but, like, I really feel like, like, we said to her, she has to write a book because it's just, like, so amazing.
2: Yes. If anyone's looking for a story of inspiration of a non-conventional path to becoming a champion, this is the story to hear.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I just feel like she just showed how strong she was mentally to get through, like, all the challenges throughout her life and it's in like every single part, uh, part of her life brought her to where she is today. So it's just, it's awesome. Like, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. And, um, we're like Jess McDonald's biggest fans. So. And she's hashtag
1: humble. She's
0: so humble. Yes. And she's helping the community. She started a foundation, um, for, for people, for inner city kids. Um, and it hits home for her, which is so, you know, she's so, so passionate about it. And I just, I just love it. She's so great.
1: She is. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoy this interview um, as much as we did. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thank you so much for hopping on and speaking with us, Jess. We appreciate it.
3: Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.
1: How how has quarantine been going for you?
3: Actually, it's it's actually not that bad. Um, the only thing that really sucks, you know, like our first game was supposed to be tomorrow, you know, uh, for oh. the courage. But uh, other than that, like it's been fine. Like I've still been able to train, still been able to lift. I have an in-home gym, which has been like great. Oh, that's great. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm a little spoiled with that. So like overall, like it's been fine. I've still been able to keep busy. I'm not twiddling my thumbs like you know a lot of people out there.
1: Yeah. That's good. Is this
2: like the most rested and recovered your body has ever felt? Yes. You know, like not, not getting physically hit every day and stuff like that? Yes. <laughs>
3: and that's crazy you said that because like I've, I've had like quite a few interviews since this quarantine and they're like, the Olympics got pushed back, you know, like your season got pushed back. And I was like, you know what? It's bittersweet. And they're like, how is that bittersweet? And I'm like, well, the sucky part is, yeah, I got, you know, it got pushed back. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is like what i've needed for my body in like 10 years you know and so like yeah, to be able oh to like gosh. ease back into everything i'm like yo, i kind of needed this so it's been great you know so i'm not Isn't really crazy? complaining. yeah absolutely uh,
2: somewhat like there was an article saying like when sports are finally able to start back people are going to be so healthy and so mm-hmm. rested and so ready to go that the level of competition is going to be like insane absolutely
1: <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it, too, because I feel like everyone's really focusing on the negatives with, like, athletics, so I feel like you're seeing it from a positive side, which is great.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. I was actually... Yeah,
3: these 32-year-old bones need some rest, so,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's been good. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this, too. I feel like you just appreciate the game so much more. Like, I, I remember when I tore my ACL and I was out for six months, I've never realized how much I loved soccer and appreciated, like, being able to play, so... I think that's that's another thing too to look to look at.
1: Oh yeah,
3: absolutely. It's yeah, that it definitely is.
1: Are you and your teammates like are you guys keeping in touch? Like do you have a group chat for the courage or do you guys like Zoom call or like have any like I don't know, do you watch tape together?
3: Yeah, so we've been on we've been on conference calls. We haven't we haven't watched any film, but uh, Paul Riley did who's our head coach obviously, um, he put us in pairs. Um, It's not mandatory, (laughs) but, you know, obviously we're going to do it, but he put us in pairs. He gave us a a training partner from the team, and yeah, we've been able to train with a partner, which has been, like, amazing, and he sends us videos, and he sends us workouts to do, um, and, like, it's been, like, very helpful, so. um, That's a really good idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're on conference calls once a week, the whole team, and then, um, yeah, we're also in group chat, just there's a group chat with staff and then there's one that's just the player so yeah we we definitely stay stay in touch you know as often as possible
1: that's great yeah we the first time we met you i remember we came to a courage practice and you guys are so intense and it's so competitive (laughs) but it looks like so much fun
3: (laughs) yeah it truly is like paul Riley is such an intense coach and you know our our training sessions are only like an hour and fifteen, hour thirty minutes, and people mm-hmm. are surprised by that because normally it's like two plus hours, you know. And so he's he's able to squeeze in this high intensity, like training session, and we're willing to do it. We're willing to put in the work. We're like, oh, hour fifteen, yeah, let let's go, you know. So yep. that's like the cool cool thing about this team.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, I feel like that's so unusual too, you know, for to go for efficiency over. Like having these long, kind of drawn out practices where focus may drop off by the end of it or something like that. It's got to be a jam packed hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it truly it, is.
3: Like our our water breaks are, you know, seconds. You know, you 10 seconds. literally like we take a gulp and we're going into the next drill pretty much. So. Yeah.
0: I Jess, I actually I, I'm pretty close with Paul. I was actually in his wedding. Um, but he used to coach my sisters and I and Albertson. And I remember like looking back and he had the most insane technical and creative sessions. But like you said, like they were always short and sweet. And that's, I think that's so powerful. Like it makes you pay attention more, I feel like. And, um, I don't it know. really I just does. Love, yeah. I love his style of play. And it, it was really cool when we got to see you guys practice. It brought back so many memories.
3: Yeah. He's got, he's got this thick book filled with drills that he just made up in his own mind because we, you know we you know a lot of times like when you're playing and when you're with the team you kind of work on the same things like there's a lot of times where you do the same drills we typically don't do the same drill in one season yeah i've done some of his drills before but it was from other years you know so for him that's to have amazing. that kind of mind and creativeness, it's a very impressive thing to obviously witness and also be a part of because obviously we're growing as players and, you know, it just kind of expands our soccer intelligence. And that's like what really helps shape our team in order to be successful.
0: Yeah. And I think yeah, it, and you guys it,
1: have been so successful the mm-hmm. past few years.
0: Yeah. It makes yeah. you... Know, know, you okay. okay. We've yeah. been average. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, So what, so how have you talked to like the, um, like the national team, like your teammates? What are you, is everyone thinking around Olympics now? Like, does everyone have that positive mindset that you have or is it difficult for you guys?
3: You know what? I actually haven't, we haven't talked about it. Um, we have been on, on Zoom chats with Vlatko. We've gone over film and things like that, just like team meetings, but everyone so far seems pretty positive, but we haven't really focused on, the olympics being pushed back we haven't really spoken about it so i'm not really sure Mm -hmm. how everyone else is feeling about it so um Mm -hmm. yeah hopefully the same mindset as me you know what i mean because you know a lot of us are are older um you know most of us are born in the 80s and so um hopefully they feel the same way i do but I'm, i'm not sure what everyone's uh mindset is right now about the olympics being pushed back
1: it's so crazy huh? that you you consider, like, that being older. Like, you guys are so young. Oh, I know, for <laughs> but, like, sure. Yeah. It's crazy.
3: Yeah.
1: So what would – do you have any suggestions for – we have so many girls who are, like, emailing us and messaging us about not being um, able to, you know, train as, as much or as hard and being stuck at home. Do you have anything that you would tell them to focus on? I like the idea of having, like, a um, a partner to train with, even if it's just, like, holding you accountable. Do you oh, have yeah. any other recommendations?
3: Um, I mean, like, this is this is one thing, like, kids really don't like working on, but I, I understand completely, because obviously I was a kid playing soccer, and um, I was like, look, this is a great time for you to be great at juggling. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> sure. If you, if you I... <laughs> live
3: in an apartment, you know, you don't have a backyard, like you can work in a small space somewhere just to work on small touches and just sit there and juggle. You know what I mean? And then just kinda of learn how to control the ball. I, I think that's, you know, one really good way to obviously uh help perfect your touch.
2: Yeah, if there's ever a time to kind of work in a small space and do the things that you hate doing on a regular basis, now would be that time. Exactly. <laughs> yes.
0: I want to know a little bit about your like how you got into soccer because from what we know you are a multi-sport athlete and you're amazing at all these different sports so like can you tell us how you um got into playing
3: yeah so like you said I grew up being a multi-sport athlete um basketball and track were really my primary sports growing up um at at one point it was more so basketball I wasn't too serious about track but uh, my my older brother Brandon McDonald um, he played in the MLS for about nine years but he wasn't necessarily a multi-sport athlete like you know there are a lot of people out there who are just good at one thing and soccer was just his thing you know it was just soccer so he played soccer consistently since he was about five years old Whereas for me, yeah, I played when I was five and six, just like everybody else, but then I didn't play again until, um, until I was about 12 years old. And so the reason for it, so I'm in the middle of basketball, I'm, I'm playing school sports, volleyball, softball, you name it. I, I did it. I was even quarterback on the football team one year. And, wow. um, yeah. And so I, I came into an off season, which was Very, very strange and very rare to happen to me. And so my grandmother was just like, I was 12 years old at the time, and my grandma was like, "Well, obviously you're not going to sit on the couch, so we'll go ahead and pick your next sport." And I'm like, "Well, you know what? Brandon's still playing soccer, so you know what? I'll just play soccer because I, you know, the family always supported my brother going to his tournaments and things like that. He even went to the IMG Academy, so he was just always just very successful on the soccer field. And so I kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps a little bit because he was the first person and really the only person in my life who I truly looked up to and was inspired by because he was just such an incredible athlete he was such an incredible um, incredible soccer player and so um, I was like you know I'll just I'll just play soccer like like my big brother Brandon and um, been kind of running with it since and I continue to play multiple sports but um, as I got older as I got into high school I solely focused on soccer primarily in comparison to the other sports and um I didn't play high school soccer I continue to play club soccer year-round and um ended up joining varsity basketball all four years and, and varsity track my last two years in high school and so um been kind of been running with soccer ever since I was just inspired by my brother to be honest and I was like you know what? I'll, I'll dabble into soccer again and just kind of see how it goes if it doesn't work out well at least I have the other sports you know I have other options so Um, It was nice to obviously be able to dabble into pretty much everything growing up until I was about 20 years old.
2: That's crazy. So yeah, you were one day you were tweeting like random facts about yourself, and I, <laughs> yeah. I found them I found them so fascinating because they were absolutely not what I was expecting you to tweet. Yeah. So you were writing you you set a you set a state record in track, even though you just said that you, you didn't even really track wasn't even one of your priorities,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, it wasn't.
3: I did I did track to stay in shape for basketball and soccer, like literally, and I only I I, I could probably count on one hand how many track practices my junior and senior year, because it was the only two years I really ran track when I was older. And um, because I I was in club soccer, my track coach understood and he knew I wasn't taking it seriously. And so I only really joined track meets and, um, you know, ran, set like regional record and then ended up breaking like the Arizona state record in the (laughs) four.
0: Like with no technique,
3: no technique, you guys like, I don't know if you guys ever see me run, but like my elbows are out, like my feet pop out when I run. Like I, I I run like a freaking linebacker. You know what I mean? So,
2: (laughs) but you you just casually show up the day of the meet, no practices under your belt, and set a state record. Literally, and I
3: was like, oh, you know, like people are, you know, there's like reporters in my face, and I was like, what is happening right now? Like I know, no idea, you know?
2: Yeah, that's amazing. And not playing high school soccer is really interesting too. So. club soccer was your main like your main skill development your the way you got better was through your club team
3: yeah absolutely and you know another thing i wanted to do so um obviously like you guys know as a multi sport athlete i wanted to continue continue to play basketball and basketball and soccer in Arizona were at the same time for high school sports and so i was like well i'll just continue obviously with with club soccer cuz that's a great option anyway cuz high school soccer in Arizona the competitive le- the competitiveness wasn't good enough to me i guess you can say it it just wasn't that good and so um yeah i just wanted to obviously just dabble into everything else cuz um you know a lot of high school sports overlapped the the soccer season in high school
2: i think that's so great and that's probably something that makes you such an asset as a player like so many girls i think like want to specialize and choose one sport, like when they're coming out of middle school, going into high school, like they want to specialize around that time. And I totally get that for time management skills and things like that. But sometimes like basketball has definitely crossed over into the way you move in soccer and and all those sports probably made you better at the, the other one, which I think is such a great thing. Like girls don't need to stop and quit other sports that they still love and still bring them joy just because they think they have to narrowed down to one so early
3: exactly I 100% agree it's also like
2: through college right I'm sorry because you played multiple sports through
3: college which is yeah unheard of. Till my <laughs> till my sophomore year um I I ran track played basketball and played soccer until my sophomore year and then junior year I was like all right let me just focus on one sport It's kind of getting a lot so yeah <laughs> that's incredible
0: did you feel like your body was like killing you during those seasons <laughs>
3: You know what? It it actually wasn't, to be honest, because like think about it. Like when we're teenagers, we can just like go, go, go without even thinking about it. Yeah, you're just like oh whatever. I could play six games this weekend in a soccer tournament in 48 hours and feel (laughs) nothing. Yes, yes. So I was still able to take it. Yeah, see, I was able to like take advantage of that still. But um, why it got like a lot for me is because uh, like classes. You know what I mean? It was it was very hard for me to like try and balance. All three on top of you know a full oh class schedule. So I was like, Ay. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, oh. you transferred after your sophomore year, right? And then you went to UNC. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So h- how did that go? Like, what made you? Were they? Did they hear about you? Did you send them like your? Like, how did that work? <laughs> no.
3: Um. So I I actually committed to UNC. Um. My, I think it was like my sophomore year in high school. And, um, you know, like, back in the day, I'm not sure how it, how it is still, but my SAT scores didn't, like, you know how your SAT scores had to, like, mm-hmm. match your GPA? Like, you had to get a certain yeah. score to go with your GPA. My score never, like, equaled out to, like, my GPA. And I just, like, I struggled with the SATs. And that Who helped didn't? me back from, like, going to a university. So I had to go to junior college first. And... Get my associate's degree, and then um, Anson Dorrance was still wanting me, and so I was like, okay, well, I'll obviously do what I have to do to like it still get to UNC. So, um, yeah, that's un- that's incredible. Yeah, so he- like
2: that's that's a hard like hurdle to have to overcome and to the stress of like feeling like if you were maybe going to lose your spot or or if these years would set you back but you like capitalized on it like, that's incredible
3: <laughs> yeah and like thank god Anson didn't give up on me because like he easily could have like okay this girl's going to junior college like no way you know like I don't know you you look at junior college and obviously like the, the competition level isn't nowhere near d1 and so um you know I had to Obviously, go out every day. I, I played all three sports at, at my junior college still, but um, at the same time, I was also training with the men's soccer team every day. So as soon as I was finished with wow. our our soccer practice with the girls, because it just like it just wasn't enough for me. You know, you know, like when you when you have a goal and you know you want to be successful in something, you, you have to do what you have to do in order to do so. And so, um, you know, the men's head coach. Let me come out and train with them every day. I train with them every single day, both years. I was there. That is there. so badass. Yeah, Je- Jess,
1: when are you gonna write a book? Seriously.
3: I do. Yeah, oh my gosh, so many people keep asking me. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the. This works. is like incredible. Yeah, I I will do it. It it'll it'll definitely happen for sure. So okay, yeah, great. People <laughs> need to
2: know people need to know this story because I think this is like it's so awesome. Number one, you've so literally cool. been such a yes person, and you've said yes to every opportunity that's come your way, which is awesome. And you've like used every opportunity you had
3: as stepping stone, and look at where you are now. I know, it's, like, crazy oh, Lord, yeah. I look back on everything, and um, you know, a, a lot of people have asked me. I, I'm going to kind of jump the gun here. A lot of people have asked me, like, what's it like winning the World Cup? And you know, it, it took a while for it to like really hit me. And um, you know, I went on my very first vacation this past fall. My very first vacation, adult vacation without my son. Wow. So um, <laughs> you know, I was able to look back on everything that happened you know throughout my entire career even just growing up all the hardships the injuries the you name it just like all the adversity and just like that feeling of relief just hit me and just these tears just started pouring down and you know I'm I'm looking out from my balcony to the beach and just it just all hit me at once just this rush so just like looking back like even just telling you guys this story about going to junior college I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I even I survived you know what I mean like just being That's in it, it was horrible like it, like every day wasn't easy obviously and like life in general just isn't but just like looking back on those times I'm like wow that was it was worth it obviously because like here I am you know yep I'm I'm so damn inspired right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we a know cool story and you just mentioned your son he's so adorable by the way um <laughs>
3: thank you my little charmer. It,
1: it, it must have been so amazing for him to see his mom like win a World Cup and be there to see it. We were there, and like it was just such a like special moment. What what like went through your mind like seeing him after the game and everything?
3: Yeah. So for me, um, it was probably one of the happiest moments of my entire life, hands down. Happiest moments was when he came down to the field and he was able to celebrate with us you know throw the confetti yeah the confetti he got to hold the trophy he got to just celebrate this incredible moment with me and he has you guys he has no clue the magnitude of anything in my career right now like i'm just mom like i'm not cool (laughs) i'm not cool (laughs) to this kid i'm just not and i'm just like buddy i'm just i'm just happy at an age like he's at an age you guys that he's obviously gonna remember it and you know this is gonna be something we're actually gonna sit down and probably talk about at some point in his future when you know he actually grasped onto everything that has happened you know in, in my career and throughout his life and he was able to witness it and he remembers it so hopefully it's just gonna be something that's gonna inspire him to just be great at whatever it is that he's gonna do in his future you know oh my God. yeah, he's had
2: this awesome example of hard work right in front of him his whole life so far so That's, that's really, that's so incredible. And that picture that went like kind of viral of you guys um, throwing the confetti at the end of the game, that was like my favorite picture of the World Cup. Yeah. (laughs) Mine too.
3: (laughs) I hope, I hope that's framed somewhere. It is. You know, I, I had a couple fans send me that photo framed, even my best friend, um, for my, this past birthday, sent me frame, uh, frame p- photos of, of Jeremiah and I at the World Cup. Like, I've gotten so many. I, did, I didn't have to do it Aww. myself. People sent them to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are the biggest challenges you feel as being a mom and playing on the national team and playing the NWSL? Um,
3: I think, uh, I mean, it's quite a few things. Um, so, like, my first five years in the NWSL, I got traded six times i was in six different states and six different cities and i was a mom every single year and trying to find a whole new support system after being traded and being traded to a place where i don't know anybody that was hard and then i'm sure you guys know like back during those times this was you know between 2013 to you know 2016 where you know we're definitely scraping pennies in this league and so to try and balance out a new support system trying to find someone that i trust to watch my kid while i'm training um that got very hard you know and so um there were days i was just like man is this even worth it like is it you know and there were just some some days where i just had to cry it out and and toughen it out and um you know I, I had to deal with it because I I had a goal and I had a dream and I didn't necessarily want to give up on that that easily I easily could have but you know I kind of kept pushing because I just wanted to set a good example for my son and so um, you know there were some days where he was sitting in his stroller at my practices because I couldn't even afford daycare at the time I couldn't afford daycare the first four years of his life which really sucked because daycare was like a full paycheck at the time and so I just it was hard for me to just find someone just to babysit him for two hours just while I was training I I didn't know anybody and if you think about it people work normal nine to five jobs or say there's a student who might have been available well they have school you know during the times where we have practice you know we train from 10 to noon or like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and those are times where people are working. So that that was like really tough for me to to try and just find someone. And you know, I didn't I didn't have much help from from the clubs. You know, being a mom, we don't get we don't get too much support in this league as moms. And so that's where you know me, Sid Larue, Amy Rodriguez, we're trying to put our brains together to obviously try and try and fight. Um, you know the NWSL to add in childcare for current moms who can't afford it or future moms who who want to continue to play. Because I have so many friends who who retired at such an early age, you know mid 20s, who were just incredible footballers and they had to retire because they wanted to have a family and obviously can't afford to have a family on this salary. And so, um, you know, for me, my story is just a, a prime example of how hard it truly is to raise a child on, on the salary in NWSL. And so, um, yeah. And pushing forward with the national team, one incredible thing, they do support moms. You know, they hire a nanny to come into camp and watch your kid, but here my kid is, I don't have a toddler. I don't have a baby. I have a child who's Mm -hmm. in school full time and I'm a single mom. And here I am trying to find a, a support system, but thank God, um, if I hadn't gone to you and see if this wasn't, you know, my second home, and I, and if I didn't know people, that would have been very hard. Because um from November 2018, all the way through July 2019, through the World Cup, we were gone every single month from like two to four weeks prepping for the World Cup. Yeah, and that's crazy. Yeah, and my kid was in school full time. And like I said, they do support moms in camp. I just couldn't bring him because we were gone for so long. He can't miss school. And so um, one beautiful thing, you know, and I'm very blessed and, and grateful to have is I have, I have my North Carolina family. They're like my mom and dad pretty much. And um, they, they're they business owners. They own multiple child care centers. And so I, I literally couldn't be set up with a, a better family um, who obviously, like, support me going into into these these long-term camps. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's hard because I missed – a lot of time with my son in, in 2019 and towards the end of 2018 but I I just hope and pray that those days that I missed with him um, you know he's gonna understand in the future because he, he he understands just the part that you know I play soccer that's how I make my money that's how I feed him mm-hmm. that's how he gets his toys you know so he understands that portion of it but he doesn't understand the magnitude of things and why I do what i do and so Mm -hmm. um he he definitely will one day but there there were some tears that were shed between him and i when i had to leave again for the next camp and so those are sort of the hardships that i have gone through throughout my career as a mom because i've been a mom most of my career you know there's only one season where i wasn't a mom and that was my rookie year in the wps
1: that's That's crazy i didn't even think of like all those like you know all those little things add up, like, and to be mentally, like, in the, you know, in the right state, like, going off to camp and missing him so much, that must be, like, just so difficult.
3: Absolutely. That was, obviously, like, it was the longest, um, you know, I had ever been apart from him in general, and so, um, you know, I was just happy he was able to at least come to France and and watch the majority of our games and celebrate with us and just just be there, you know, in that, you know incredible moment with me so it was it was yep. worth in the end did it suck during yes absolutely yeah but you know mm. as, as human beings we have to push through those hardships and the sacrifices that we truly have to make in order to be successful and that's what i try and tell kids too you know like i i missed prom my junior year i miss school dances i miss birthday parties i miss like nine years in a row of thanksgiving away from my family you know i, I miss christmases you know so it's just like the sacrifices that we truly have to make, you know, in order to be successful, it's worth in the end. Does it, does it suck? Is it hard? Hell yeah. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but um, at the end of the day, you know, once you have a goal and you, you're inspired by something and you want to do something, you want to be something, like just don't even stop until you get there.
2: Yeah. Cause when you're there, you're not thinking about that prom that you missed. Exactly. Junior year. You know, yeah. you're too busy feeling the moment that you're in. Exactly. How it's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What are how are um like I know you said you and Amy and Sydney were doing that. Like is there any way that we can support that? Are you guys gonna like I don't know, have some sort of like petition or is there something that we can post about it?
3: Yeah, um as soon, so I I did have a discussion with the NWSL PA recently, um mm-hmm. about a week or two ago, and so um they're getting back to me. They're they're pushing that for us. So um so I'll definitely let you guys know because they said they will contact me and kind of keep me updated on what the nwsl is going to do and so thank god we have this pa to obviously help out with those things because we didn't have that before and so i think this is going to be very helpful so like once we get in the swing of things for that yeah i'll man i'll, I'll definitely have people posting about it and try and try and help push this thing so yeah that's great because you
2: guys are prime examples of if they invest in moms you're yep. you. You guys can reach your full potential, exactly, and not have to be struggling throughout the whole process. There's no reason why you should have to worry about having care for your child while you're doing your job. Your job, exactly. So, that's so important.
1: Um, we know you. Re- we we um we saw a little bit about your um the Jessica McDonald Foundation. Um, can you tell us more about that?
3: Oh yeah. So, man, I'm sure y'all know. Club soccer in the United States is so expensive,
0: yeah so Crazy. expensive
3: to play here, oh my goodness, talk about a true arm and a leg like <laughs> man, it truly is, and so um, my brother and I you know we didn't grow up with much we we don't have we didn't have much, and so we had we had a young mom who who had the two of us before graduating high school, so like our support system was like our grandmother trying to do what she could for us and so um you know, like I said, like we didn't we didn't have much. We were, you know, um, we were just some inner city kids. And so, um, with that being said, we were we were blessed enough to um, go to an incredible club soccer club called Sereno, and um, it was in Scottsdale, Arizona. And you know, we grew up in Glendale, Arizona, which is like a forty five minute drive. Let's put it that way. And um, you know, they. They supported us they paid for my brother and I to to play we didn't pay a penny like the club paid for us to play for them and so you know we we were just very grateful for that and you know they paid for our flights to go to tournaments they paid for our uniforms like when I say we didn't pay for anything we didn't pay for anything and if we had to pay there was no way we would have survived financially obviously like trying to play and so um, like we both wouldn't be where we are today you know my brother played in mls for nine plus years and played overseas played on the guam national team and so um you know without our club supporting us the way that they did like i said like we really wouldn't be where we are today and so um i just want to i want to give back and, and do the same thing for for other kids who have the true talent to play but can't afford to play So the Jessica McDonald Foundation is um, it's for the inner city kids who can't afford to play club soccer, or let's say they can't afford to pay for their uniforms. I have enough Nike merchandise um, allotment going toward it as well. And I provide um, jerseys soccer cleats like you you name it whatever these kids need I'm I'm trying to be there for them just so that they have the same exact opportunities that my brother and I had because it's it's a bummer to see so much talent go to waste if they simply just can't afford it that's horrible like what are they supposed to do you know and so that's that's sort of the change that I'm, I'm trying to make and um yeah, right now, it's, it's solely in the city of Phoenix, but I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that I can expand it in, in other places as well.
2: That's incredible, and that is such an important thing that needs to exist, like needs to exist.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I feel like we've gotten a bunch of emails in the past um, about some kids saying that their parents couldn't afford to keep them in their club. And I totally get it. Like growing up, I remember my mom like saying, wow, the cost of like just going to one tournament, like a college showcase or even just our uniforms for the season, because like everything was so expensive. So I know like it definitely turned some people away who are so talented. And I just love that you're doing that. I really... I can see that expanding in all states in the U.S. So if we can help you out in any way, like maybe we can put the link in our description for for the podcast um, so people can check it out. We'll do what we can. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate that.
1: It's so crazy, like, growing up, like, you'd go to practice and hand your coach a check or, like, cash right? and not, like, realize that. Like, I'm just thinking back to all those times I handed them checks, not even, like, getting <laughs> what that was.
3: Yeah, you're like, here, It's here ridiculous. I don't know what this is, but and, here, this is from my mom. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> yeah.
2: and the price is, like, ha- at least double from when we played. Yeah. Venues, oh, yeah. Which is wild.
3: And the price of cleats, you guys? Oh, my gosh. I said, oh, my I sent this girl some cleats, um, just like humbly speaking. I I normally don't talk about these things, what I I do for others, but like this girl was like a size, like 13 in women. She was like a 15 year old girl. And then like, I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, here I am trying to send her cleats and you guys, I haven't looked at the price of cleats probably since I was like a teenager, to be honest. And so I looked at the price of these cleats that she wears and I was like, oh, holy crap. No wonder. Like... (laughs) I wouldn't be able to afford this either. Like, they were just so expensive. But, like, obviously, like, she has this big foot. But, obviously, like...
1: Did I, she have to pay more for that size? I, I think <laughs> it's so. Prob- because it's like I, more. I had
3: to get it in men's. Like, I couldn't even get it in women's. Oh, my gosh. I was gosh. just like, oh, my gosh. This poor girl and <laughs> her family. Like, what are they big feeding Bigfoot Club her? represent. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I was like, jeez, Lord, have mercy. But, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, someday she'll play in the end of a cell and she'll be telling everyone the story <laughs> about how you got out of the cleats. Yes, I hope <laughs> F- so. To finally fit her sh- feet, you know? Right. <laughs> Alright, so do we? Do you have time, Jess? Can we ask you some rapid, well, sort of rapid fire questions? Yeah, totally fine. Okay, cool. Okay. Who wants to start off? Carl?
0: Sure. Okay, what's your biggest or or most favorite pump-up song before a game?
3: My favorite pump up song, probably right now, it's probably Godzilla by Eminem. Oh God, great pump up song! Yeah, yeah, he went (laughs) hard in the paint with that song. That's probably the one he did. That's
1: so funny. What's the like? Can you think of any like funny moments you've had like during like a practice or a game? It could be with the courage or with the national team.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure how funny this is, but uh, I'm sure you guys <laughs> could probably understand. Um, the 2016 Indie Bissell Championship, we went into PKs against Washington Spirit. And at the time, we were the Western New York Flash before we became the North Carolina Courage. <laughs> and um, I, I took a PK and... I skied this freaking ball. Didn't even hit the frame. I Like, my ball, I'm pretty sure, is still in orbit right now. And that was in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at Paul Riley like, don't you ever make me go and take a PK. Like, every- I've been taking a PK ever since, you guys. I mean, I hit the crap out of this ball. And, like, thank God we Did- won. But, like, oh, my goodness. I oh, smashed my gosh. It-, it hit the stadium. Let's put it that way. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, dear. I It happens. It happens to all of us, so it's okay. (laughs) All right. Worst injury you've had? Um, I fully ruptured my patellar tendon. Um, My my rookie year, when I was 22 years old, I was playing for Chicago Red Stars and then WPS, and um, I had uh, multiple cortisone shots in in my patellar tendon um, before that, and It just kind of shriveled my knee and obviously not knowing medically that it was deteriorating my knee um, you know I I paid the price and you know Doc's surgeons told me that um, you know I had like a 1 in 10 chance of even playing at a high level ever again because it was it was a two-year recovery and during that time I I gave birth to my son during my recovery which was like an insane time in my life but um, you know according to science I'm not even supposed to be where I'm at today
1: you're that's incredible just... do you have do you have pain in it
3: um it, it's more like soreness i'm not, not i'm not like in like a lot of pain i'm like ooh ah this hurts it's it's more so like okay i need a a graston tool to scrape this out you know, it, when it's, like, really Ooh, sore, oh so, wow. um, it's a little, little crunchy in there, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'll probably <laughs> always need... Always a little crunch. Yeah, there's always a little crunch, little crunchy-munchy, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably need a knee replacement in a few years, but, you know, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can I just say, you should title your book Against All Odds, because the odds are, like, always against you, and somehow you come out, like, more incredible and stronger than ever, and I just, I just love it, like, I really look up to you. Like hearing all of these stories, it's really incredible because some people would just stop playing after an injury like that, you know, or in yeah. any of these situations. So it's it's crazy. Um, but okay, it could be
1: titled "Against All Odds" and subtitle could be "A Little Crunchy Crunch." <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you guys
3: would understand that too. Only you guys would understand that.
0: <laughs> Every step I take, crunched. <laughs> um, okay, literally Who is Who's your favorite player or role model?
3: Um my favorite role model is it's it's got to be my older brother Brandon cuz like if it weren't for him and like his journey, I I probably wouldn't have had the same, you know what I mean? So, um mm-hmm. yeah, he he just retired last year. He's and um but you know he's he's always just been that the one person who's always inspired me, who I've always looked up to, literally my entire life.
1: I love that. That's awesome.
2: All right, favorite pregame meal: pancakes. Ooh, Ooh good
0: choice. Yes. Pancakes, Plain?
3: bacon, and eggs.
0: Ooh, oh, good let's yes. go. Every That's
1: like my favorite meal all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's your um go-to karaoke song
3: man in the mirror michael jackson
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> that's great Love it. yeah should i Every should time. i tell that i was gonna say shannon and no our, it's our embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> we're the absolute worst karaoke singers and we picked um what was the song shannon kiss oh kiss by prince so that was definitely oh nutty. my goodness Ooh. yeah we were yeah that's a tough <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what He's we were saying. We both were crying on stage of
1: humiliation.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it was bad. Um, okay. Never again. B- biggest fear.
3: I don't have one.
0: I knew you were going to say spiders. that. I knew she was going to say yeah. that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. You guys, I I have a I have a pet snake. I love creepy crawlies. Woo. I, no
0: way! I love
3: heights. I mean, like the typical things people are scared of. I'm like, wow, no nah. clowns. You love those t- too.
1: <laughs> no one likes clowns.
3: I was I was a clown for Halloween for about Stop. five years in a row.
1: <laughs> no, way. all right.
3: So you
2: you are all of my greatest fears. In one person.
0: <laughs> I am a, the fear. <laughs> she, she's afraid of teddy bears and cute bunnies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! All right, least favorite position to play on the field. Center back.
3: All right, that's a rough. In a three, a in a three back, center, back, center <laughs> three back specifically. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure.
1: All right, last one. Favorite thing to do on an off day. Read. What are you reading right now?
3: Right now, um, I'm reading Ready or Not. Um, it's it's literally very helpful um, when it comes to like parenting a child um, in this generation and in this kind of world with like technology cyberbullying, you know, things like that, and kind of what to be aware of, how to handle it and, and things like that. so um, it's it's getting really it's, it's a really deep book because it gets really in depth and um, yeah, I'm just trying to be the best mom possible which it's it's hard um like as a parent you always wonder if you're doing things right but um my kid seems to be doing okay you know people love them so I'm like okay I'm doing something right at least so (laughs) um yeah so that's right now that's what I'm reading
1: awesome nice all right well thank you so much Jess um this was I've I feel like I learned so much about you. And you already were our favorite player, but now you're really our favorite player. Oh, thanks, you
0: guys.
2: I appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited
2: for people to hear this.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, have a great rest of your self isolation day. And (laughs) we hope that you guys are back on the field and playing games soon.
3: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me once again, you guys. I appreciate it.
1: Bye, Jess. Bye, Jess. Bye.